0: Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. Technology-free Sunday. This feels very fitting for me. (laughs) That feels really nice. Um, Okay, uh, so we're going to be today in um, the first book of Samuel, chapter 23. Um, So first book of Samuel, chapter 23, and we'll be looking at verses, uh, let's say, 1 through 7. So first book of Samuel, chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Um, I'll read here. David was told, the Philistines are raiding Keilah and plundering the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, shall I go and attack those Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go, attack the Philistines, and you will save Keilah. And David's men said to him, look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the forces of the Philistines? So David asked the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Go down at once to Keilah, for I am going to deliver the Philistines into your hand. David and his men went to Keilah and fought against the Philistines. He drove off their cattle and inflicted a severe defeat on them. Thus David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abiathar, son of Abimelech, fled to David at Keilah, he brought down an ephod with him. Saul was told that David had come to Keilah, and Saul thought, God has delivered him into my hands, for he has shut himself in by entering a town with gates and bars. Okay, <clears throat> so um, thinking about this passage, and, and one of the thoughts uh, of, of 1 Samuel 23, um, in, in part kind of why I think this might be fitting in the river of of where we've been. Um, Last week, talking about the calling of the disciples um, and thinking about what does sacred leadership look like, right? David here has been called by God, and yet at this time, um, for David, uh, David is still not yet what? King. And yet he knows, and the people know that someday, who knows exactly what day at this time, but someday he will be King. Okay, so here we have David. He knows he's going to be king, but he's not yet king, and yet he's got already people following him, Um, and at this time, uh, Saul is clearly looking to do what? Kill him. Saul wants to kill him, Um, and uh, Saul wants to kill David. Uh, There's a myriad of reasons, Um, uh, but, you know, uh, we could argue uh, not necessarily such great reasons, and yet Saul Saul wants to kill David, Um, and David here has this moment, and I think it really helps to paint a picture of of a a really important aspect in our Bible of sacred leadership. Here's David, he's not yet king, he knows he's gonna be king. So he can't go too far, but at the same time, he he still has a role and a responsibility in the community. Saul, meanwhile, wants to kill him. Now, one of the things that's helpful, I think, in thinking about this passage, but just sacred leadership broadly, um, names in our Bible, They're just so very important. Um, So to to think about names here for a moment, when the King James translators first translate the Bible into English, they simply sounded out all the names of the people and the places. So Sha'ul in Hebrew becomes Saul in English, or Yosef in Hebrew becomes Joseph in English. Now those are the names of those people and those names all literally mean something. And when we know the meaning of a person's name, we learn a dimension or a puzzle piece of their what. Story, identity, character, three for three. Purpose, thank you. Okay, story. Character, identity, purpose, a piece of that will be embedded in the name. It's not necessarily to say the entirety of a person's story, character, identity, purpose is in the name, and it's oftentimes not such a small puzzle piece. And so one of the things that's helpful when thinking about this is to think about Saul, right? Saul, Saul is the first what? King. King. And Saul becomes king why? Louder? The people wanted a king. The people say, we want a king, and um, now first, actually, if we go way back when, as the Israelites are going around the wilderness, God actually tells the people, you do not need what? A king, right? God tells them, you do not need a king. You don't need a king. When you ask for a king, here's what you should look for, right? Meaning, God actually knows the people at some point will what? Ask for a king, and I love the laughter, right? I, to me, it's one of those really funny things about God that I think sometimes we read out of our Bible, like God going, you don't need a king. You really don't need a king. You do not need a king. So when you want a king, here's the qualities you might want to be thinking about, right? You know, and it's just kind of like classic God, and, and it's like, I think it's really funny, uh, too, but it, yeah, uh, senses of humor. I don't know what to say. Oh, right? Okay, but God uh, saying to the people, right? You don't need a king. When you want a king, here's what you should look for. And the people um, want a king. They've had judges, prophets, priests. Things aren't going so great, and they say we want a king. Now, um, when they say we want a king, uh, the very first anointed king of God, right, is going to be Saul. Uh, so here we go, Saul. And and I might want a king as a community of people. Why might we want a king? Be like everybody else. Yeah, everyone else has got a king. Why don't we get a king? Yeah. Why else might we want a king? Good. Why else? Physical leader to follow. follow, Right? Here's a person. I can follow them. Right? And because I'm following them, they should what? What was that? Protect Protect me. Yeah. They're my leader. They should protect me. Good. More. Settle disputes. disputes. Ah, meaning they should have what for us? Letter? They can go to war for us? Wisdom, rules, what was it? Authority. authority, right? And if I come to them, they should be able to tell me what to do. What to do. Therefore, they're going to have what for us? Instructions. <laughs> Instructions, what was that? Leadership. Leadership, authority, good. Every single word we're saying, what was that? Advice. Advice, okay. Every single word we're saying, I'll throw in one more. Answers. Every single word we're talking about, amen. I, and, and please, I think this is one of those situations where... It's real life. This is a broad community of people. I'm sure there's all different kinds of reasons that we all just talked about, which is in all parts why people said we want a king. We want someone to protect us. We want someone to lead us. We want someone to direct us, to settle things, to have authority, a leader that we can follow, someone to have the answers, right? Someone who can just just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Just tell me, right? And we want a king. Okay, so... And wisdom and and all these lovely things. So here we go. They say we want a king. Here's the king. And the very first anointed king of God in our Bible, Saul. Now, Saul's name. Saul's name, uh, Sha'ul in Hebrew, I will say Saul in English. And the name Saul um, literally means to ask and inquire. To ask and inquire. Literally his name. Um, meaning, the very first king is named King. King, ask, inquire. Yeah. Meaning, this person might not what? Have all those answers. And literally, right, it's, it's real life. Nowadays, it's like if we were to meet someone named Joy or Grace, we know their name means joy and grace. This is what everyone would have heard when they heard King Saul. King, ask, inquire. Here's King, ask, inquire. And gang, what does King, ask, inquire rarely, if ever, do? A ladder? thank you. How rarely does this man actually ask and inquire? Um, And there's actually a whole passage, right, where Saul will literally ask and inquire of God, and he waits a little bit, and doesn't hear anything or like what he hears, and he goes, finds a witch, right? um, uh, Saul Saul has some um, asking, inquiring issues, uh, one might say. Um, and, And right, here we go, ask and inquire, king ask inquire right meaning if i'm looking at this man if i'm thinking about who our leader is who this godly anointed king is i would know this person does not have what just residing within them all of the answers and that in order to have all the answers of wisdom they're going to need to do what ask and inquire right meaning If I think I can just make this person into a God or a God-like substitute, that's not who this is. And in order to really lead us, they're going to need to do what? Ask and inquire. And I think this gets to, you know, when we talk about leadership, even nowadays, how often, what are qualities and traits sometimes we look for in leaders, broadly societally? What what are the things people say they want in a leader? Louder? Confidence. Confidence. Competence. It would be nice to have integrity. <laughs> oh, that, I love it. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> There's a, <laughs> It's so nice when you could get a, a, a statement with a commentary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be nice. Um, right. And, and I'm not trying to say that confidence or uh, right. We have passages in Scripture where it talks about the importance of being bold and courageous. Right. That, that Joshua, it, the, the importance of that. So I don't want to minimize that or say that's not that. And I'm gonna need who louder? God and friends. Thank you. I'm going to need God. I'm going to need community. And the notion that as a leader I can do it all how? By myself. Because well I'm so confident and competent and have integrity and therefore I don't need anybody, what did you say? God and friends, well, and I also don't need any advice. advice. That's for weak people who don't know what they're doing, right? You know, why? And, and, and if you actually have to ask someone and maybe you need help, that's really a sign of what? We, I mean, you can't just do it on your own. You don't have, you're God's anointed king. What's the problem here? Don't you have it all figured out? Why don't you have it sorted, right? And and this is, I wanna suggest, one of the real complexities, but I think also in sometimes how we look at leaders um, and that the expectation of, well, they should just be able to tell me everything. They should just have all the answers. They should just know everything that's going on. And yet I actually think God is is trying to make a point here. The very first king, king ask inquire. Unfortunately, Saul ask inquire doesn't do the best job of this. and I think the degree to which God might be trying to drive this point home, who is the prophet that anoints king, ask, and inquire? Samuel. And Samuel, um, in 1 Samuel 1, when Samuel is born, uh, Hannah will name him. And when Hannah names Samuel in 1 Samuel 1, um, she'll say, um, I will name him Samuel because I have asked the Lord for him. So we literally have a prophet named Asked or inquired of God, anointing king, ask, inquire. I don't, I don't know that God's being that subtle here. Um, yeah, like, literally, the prophet asked, inquired of God, anointing king, ask, inquire. And here's God going, hey, do you guys hear it? Like, I get that you want these people. And if you, if you think they're just going to be able to do it all on their own, and they're just some magical thing that's going to have everything within them, They need the Lord. They need friends, community. And they can't do it all on their own. And this is part of the stunning thing that David exhibits um, in 1 Samuel 1.23, where, okay, now, my translation, here we go. This will be 1 Samuel 1.23. My translation says this will be, so David here's the Philistines are attacking Keilah, plundering the threshing floors. And... um, At this time, Saul is trying to kill David. Um, At the same time, uh, David seems to have some degree of desire to go and do what here? Louder? Protect Protect the people, thank you, right? He wants to protect the people. I I wanna go and save these people. Um, So uh, what should I do? They're attacking the people. What do I do? Louder? He inquires with God. God. Okay, now, gang, it's real life. I wanna see everyone, it's real life. I have people in my community being attacked. My first thing to do is, what should I do? Protect them. I don't necessarily do what? Go and talk to God about it first, right? I mean, not real, it's real life. If people were being attacked, we might think, ah, you just, you just got to go save the people, worry about it later. What David does, though, spot on, right? In verse two, he literally says he asked or inquired of God. So this is one Samuel twenty-three verse two. It'll say David asked or inquired of the Lord, "Shall I go and attack the Philistines?" And the Lord said to David, "Go attack the Philistines, and you will save Keilah." So David does this whole asking, inquiring thing. Doesn't just run in to save the people, which I think would be a very understandable, very human response. Uh, and I'm pleased. I wouldn't put judgment on that. it. Just that I think makes pre- they're they're being attacked. <laughs> you're you're the future king. You go and protect the people. David goes and asks of God. So literally, in 1 Samuel 23, verse two, David is sauling. I mean, it's literally what he's doing. He is asking, inquiring, David is sauling, as Saul is trying to kill David. Okay, so David is sauling, Saul is trying to kill David, Um, and then verse three, here we go. Now, okay, God has told me, I'm supposed to go, but before, sorry, real quick, before verse three, so God's told me, what should we go do? We go and attack, right? Why are we waiting? They're being attacked. We got to go, go save the people, right? Is that what David does? No. Verse 3, here we go. David's men said to him, look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Keilah against the forces of the Philistines? Now, Why are David and the men here with him, why are the men here afraid in Judah? Saul's trying to kill them, right? So here we go. And it was just the men aren't dumb. They're thinking, look, we're in Judah. We're already afraid here, but at least we have, they don't, Saul doesn't really know where we are. If we go down to Keilah, not only do we have to fight the Philistines, on top of that, then Saul might what? Find Find us. And that's literally what happens. The men's concern is not unfounded. It's actually precisely what happens. Saul finds exactly where they are, and and when he does, he says, "God's delivered them into my hand." Those idiots trying to save our (laughs) people—what losers, right? But just—it's—it's—it's such a like. The men are afraid. Okay, now in this moment, as a leader, I've heard from God. My men are afraid. The thing that I think most people would think, as a leader, I should turn to my people and say, "What? Buck up, let's do it." <laughs> yeah, buck up. You said? Sorry, what was that? Run. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Right, run. Buck up, let's do it. Right, and I—I've heard from God. I asked and inquired. I did the thing. My men are afraid. I'm going to assure them, and we're going to go into battle. Right? Is that what David does? No, what does he do? He asks again. again. Thank you. Verse 4, David will again ask, inquire of the Lord. Literally, David is sawing a second time in this passage. And this time, he's sawing in no small part. Why? Louder? On behalf of my people. I am asking and inquiring on behalf of my people, meaning the people that I'm leading, their voice what? Matters. And I'm gonna show them how much it matters that I'm gonna actually go and do what again? I'm gonna ask and inquire of God again. Because their voice, their fears bless you. They matter right? It's not just like, oh, well, I've heard from God. Buck up, buttercup. We're going into battle. You know, "Eh, don't be afraid. Stand by. Hush your fears. You know, no, no, no. You guys are afraid. I get it. We're going to have to fight the Philistines. Saul might find us. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to God again. What does it mean to respect the voices of the community as the leader? To not just say, well, I've heard from God. You don't know what you're talking about. But to say, no, I I hear you too, and that really matters. And I'm not just going to send us in to die. No, I'll go and talk to God about this again. Because if I'm really going to lead you, I need to hear you. And if I'm not going to hear you, then I don't know that I'm really the guy. And here's David saying, no, I hear you. I'll, I'll ask and inquire of God again. And in this moment, is God angry with David for this? Does God admonish David for this? Does God say, you wicked, unbelieving little brat? Right? God just talks to him again. And I think it's also such a beautiful picture of God's heart that if I come to God another time, God isn't coming down and saying, how dare you? Did I not already talk to you? Why don't you just have more faith? You need to be stronger and go and tell the men to, no. God, God goes, yeah. Okay, go down at once to Keilah, for I am going to deliver the Philistines into your hands. And I want to suggest, it's I think such a picture of the beauty of God's heart, not only when we ask and inquire, but also when we ask and inquire on the part of our community. And I want to just—it takes a remarkable degree of what for David to do this. Louder, please. Humility, thank you. Um, and, and I think it's one of the things that gets to become very interesting about just how the Hebrew language works. Um, how the Hebrew language works, as we kind of talked about earlier, and I, and I know I said it, um, I think oftentimes we look for in leaders answers. They should have the answers, just within them, especially a God anointed leader should just have somehow within them all of the answers. And I think sometimes uh, if I have an answer, um, And I think I hear that answer from God, especially. Um, I I might be very what with my answer? Stern. Firm. Louder? Certain. (laughs) Stern. Firm. Certain. And this is where um, the word for answer or reply in Hebrew is the word anah. Anah um, to answer or to reply, and the word "ana," which means answer and reply, also literally means humble. Humble. And what does it mean as a leader to answer and reply with humility? Right. That even as I give an answer, can I hold that I might be. Yeah, to put it mildly, (laughs) I might be wrong. At least I might not have it all or completely understand every piece of this. And what is it to actually to answer and reply with humility as a leader and to not just come in with this stern, firm certitude, I got it all. You know, I'm David. I heard from God. We're going to go save the people. Don't stop worrying. I heard from God. You know, But no, okay, you guys are worried? Yeah, I'll go back. We'll have this conversation again. And, and as, as, as in whatever space in life, would it, whether it be at work, um, it, in our homes, in all the different spaces in which we have whatever degree of a leadership role in our lives, what does it mean to hold answers and replies with humility that maybe there's more to this and maybe I don't see it all? And to continually ask and inquire, yes of God and with the people around us. And I think this is actually, um, you know, when we talk about the qualities and traits we look for in leaders, I think this is one of the the core fundamentals um, that God seems to be really trying to drive home here. And that David, it's not that he always does this well, but at moments just does exquisitely. <laughs> And and, and please, I don't want to sound too harsh on Saul. It's tough to be the first king, right? Especially when the people are all thinking that you're going to come in as king and literally do what? Fix things, things, right? You're just going to solve all the problems. You're just going to take care of it. You're the king now. You do that, right? You're the guy for that. And and the pressure on that, um, it's sometimes just incredibly rough. And I think in that vein as well, you know... David, um, in, in maybe the often most often quoted psalm, the twenty third psalm, um, David will say, uh, when we think about this idea of leadership, David will write in the twenty third psalm that the Lord is my, the Lord is my shepherd. Meaning, by definition, he is saying I am a sheep. Wait, I thought he was king, but he's actually saying, as a leader, I'm a sheep. Meaning, I'm actually louder. A follower just like and just like anyone else everyone can hear what God the voice of the shepherd right and if you think and it's not to say leaders if I think that just because someone is the leader therefore I can't access God or God isn't available to me or I can't hear from the Lord I think David is very much turning it on his head and saying I ain't the shepherd I'm the sheep and if you think that uh, uh, you just follow me, please don't. I'm a sheep, gang sheep. What kind of animals are sheep? Mm. <laughs> Boy howdy! And sometimes they literally just go off a cliff, <laughs> right? Um, and I think David, on some level, is trying to say, please, in those moments where I'm maybe cliff-bound, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and and what is it actually, and not as a way of abdicating responsibility, as of recognizing, look, we can all hear the voice of the Lord. We all have access. And please, let's ask and inquire. Let's answer and reply with humility. And when we think about leaders and what leadership looks like, y- confidence, I think is so, I love con- I think confidence is great. And I don't think confidence has to be in conflict with humility. I don't think confidence has to be against asking and inquiring. I think these things can work um, in great combination and, and can really complement each other beautifully. And I think, this is part of the ask and invitation of sacred leadership. So, um, just before, any questions, comments, or thoughts about anything we've talked about this morning? Okay. Amen. Five questions. Yes. But that's for later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Noah. Put now Thank a you. hand. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. you taking <laughs> us through a passage of scripture. Thank you.